episode 29 of the Always Loyal Podcast. Darren Smith, what's coming up? Well, Jordan, we've got the perfect guest for the Always Loyal Podcast because this guy has always been part of San Diego Loyal since its inception. Grant Stoneman, scoring machine, offensive dynamo. Grant Stoneman's going to join the Always Loyal Podcast as we recap an exciting 3-0 win against San Antonio. We are underway. San Antonio in the White Kits. And it's the Tory Green. Stutter step move here. Long range. Coca Vegas off the post. Gets a hand on it. And Vegas will track it down for San Diego. With the cross. Headed down. Taken by Conway. San Diego. They're looking for the side. There it is. Conway in the feed for Elijah Martin. Stone Buena Mesa salt and lime lager is brewed with real lime and a touch of sea salt. It's the perfect beer for enjoying in the summer sun. Stone Brewing, also proud to be a longtime partner of the Surfrider Foundation San Diego chapter dedicated to the protection and enjoyment of the world's oceans, waves, and beaches. That's why for every six pack of Buena Mesa sold, Stone is donating $2 to Surfrider. You can visit find.stonebrewing.com to track down Buena Mesa near you. Do Buena, live Buena. Three nil San Diego. Wow. What a win that was uh, at Torero Stadium. Darren, last week on the podcast, we chatted about how this was not the same San Diego side that San Antonio played last year in the playoffs. We were right about that. You were right about that. I feel like you started a phrase about the 2022 San Diego loyal Jordan. You said it's just built different. It's just different this year. And I think you're spot on about that three nil over San Antonio club that came into the match. What allowing, but 15 goals all season long. So I'm going to get myself twisted into knots here, trying to do a little bit of math, but I think I have it right. 18 allowed on the season, three of them from San Diego loyal which would represent one sixth of all the goals that they've allowed this season. That might not be accurate. If it is, Hey, just sort of laugh and move on with your day. I think it's right. I have that right. I think think it is one sixth of their goals came Saturday night at Torero stadium. And what a night it was. What percentage is that? One sixth is that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Man has to know his limitations. These are my limitations. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, a story of old faces in that win and definitely a story of new faces in that win. Let's start with the old face Grant Stoneman, who's actually going to be a guest on the podcast today. He scores yet another goal in this one. That's a player who was actually on San Diego last year in the playoffs when these two clubs faced off some new faces though, Evan Conway scoring Kyle Vassell scoring. We actually listed the bench options in the playoff game last year, last week on the podcast. The bench options Saturday night at Torero uh, were very different, and clearly they made an impact. It didn't take long for Vassell to find the back of the net. Evan Conway uh, continues to do what Evan Conway does at this level, and that's just be very impressive. So you got Vassell coming off the bench. Good luck to you. Yeah, Vassell coming off the bench. He's one of the league leaders in 2022, and Tumi Moshibani coming off the bench, who's the all-time leader for San Diego loyal. It was actually quite brilliant because it's interesting, Jordan, you go to a match sometimes and you're not doing match day live. So you don't get a chance to banter back and forth and talk a little bit about what the approach is going to be. And then afterwards, you know, maybe you'll pick up a little bit here, there, what Landon had to say or Nate Miller or whomever, but sitting there at Torero stadium on Saturday night, I actually thought, wow, the team didn't play all that well in the first half. Did it had a lot of possession, but didn't have a lot to show for it. 
We know there's a very famous phrase associated with that. But to hear from Landon afterwards, and I get a chance to chat with Landon afterwards, it was sort of, yeah, we sensed that they were going to get a little bit tired chasing us. And then 60 minutes, you make a couple of subs. Here comes Toomey. Here comes Kyle Vassell. Floodgates open. You mentioned Conway scores his sixth goal of the season. Impressively, his fifth match winner of the season. Mm-hmm. And it just brings in a totally different dimension. And Loyal was able to, to punish San Antonio to a certain extent just based on how it thought that the match would go. And again, you come up with all these great plans sometimes and you know, they clip a goal here or there. Things happen. You get a red card, but uh, it went according to plan on, on Saturday night. So if you were a coach on that staff, you probably felt pretty, pretty damn good about yourself walking out of there. Mm-hmm. Listening to Landon Donovan talk about the win after the match, he, he made it very clear that San Diego just wore down San Antonio and that the first half was there to set up the second half in a way for San Diego, mm. because San Antonio is a team that's unique in the sense that they press a lot. And so what they want to do is they want to be able to do that, which would then allow them to kind of control the style in which the game is played. That was not the case for them Saturday night. Loyal did a good job of controlling and playing the game that they wanted to play. And you do that, you you keep pressing and you keep running around trying to chase Loyal around a field for, for an hour. And then all of a sudden uh, you, you bring on Toomey time and you bring on Kyle Vassell. You're just worn out at that point. And it's clear. It, it clearly works. Now these two teams will play each other once again, this time in San Antonio. We'll see that coming up next month And San Antonio. will probably try to come up with a different game plan. Um, but the one that San Diego came up with Saturday night clearly worked and it worked very well. And it was not something Landon was asked if it was a statement game. He, he did not call it a statement game. He says he mainly said it, we're just a really good team and we're just continuing to get better. The league called it a statement game. That was their headline that SD made a huge statement in that win. And clearly these are the best two teams out West and San Diego has got to feel very good about themselves knowing that they just handled San Antonio the way they did when everyone considers these two to be as good as it gets out here in the Western conference. Right. I feel like we're, we're repeating ourselves to a certain extent where we, you and I could have another conversation about whether this was or wasn't the most impressive win of the season. We said that after Tampa, we said that after Colorado Springs, and certainly you would say that after San Antonio, not just because they're good and where they were and where they are on the table, Jordan, but also they came in having not lost since June 4th. They were on a nine match on beaten streak. And we know that this was a classic matchup of strength be strength, the highest scoring team in the USL championship and loyal and the stingiest team goals allowed wise in San Antonio. So Huge advantage, uh, huge edge to to Loyal. We'll do it again. Coming up, as you said, in September, I want to say it is. I want to say it's that second week, uh, September 9th, something along those lines. In San Antonio, it could be completely different. But a nice, uh, very, very nice run here. Seven out of eight wins for Loyal. That one loss was that dodgy game against LA Galaxy 2 with the red card 11 minutes in. So, you know, completely corrupted the match. But this is as, as good a run. 14 wins equals any previous season. I realize this is only season number three, so you always have to take that with a, a bit of a grain of salt. But 14th win on the season and, and still plenty more season yet to come. Yeah, San Diego feels very good about the way that they are playing. They are on a great run. Um, they've been very impressive. That schedule, the game you're referencing in San Antonio is going to be September 10th. Okay, there you go. It's a difficult finish for San Diego, a team that now finds itself 
in position to at least have the conversation about trying to get a first uh, a first round buy, a quarterfinal buy, if you will. Top seven teams out west make the playoffs. The number one seed gets a buy. They go directly to the semis. The remaining six teams will all start in the quarterfinals. So that's why that match really had some extra impact to it. We're still several matches away from anything being finalized. But it wasn't too long ago that San Diego was a lot further away than four points from top of the table out West. And so now they are definitely in the conversation of being able to try to secure that. But I will say, um, starting with that September 10th match uh, against San Antonio, that's a very difficult game. Then they take on Phoenix in the second to last game of the season. Phoenix was playing like a very different team as of late. And then Las Vegas, the team that's already taken down San Diego this year to finish. So if you want to start dreaming about by weeks and what you could do potentially now with that win, it's still a very difficult schedule, but this team has proven time and time again, that they're, they're built different. They're very good. They can handle this kind of stuff and they continue to get better. So it's going to be a very, very fun final stretch. We're, we're going into the final third of the season and I, the best has yet to come. Yeah. I think, I think you're right about all of that and short turnaround too with a midweek match and, you know, then up, up coming here before you know it, I'm excited to talk to Grant Stoneman. Yeah. How about the goal scoring dynamo Grant Stoneman is now tallied three goals on the season. He scored in back-to-back matches, Jordan. So we're catching him. He's hot, baby. Grant Stoneman getting set to join the always loyal podcast. Stay hot. Right. It's almost unfair. Don't you think it's unfair that he's scoring goals? Like think about who defenders have to deal with when they take on San Diego, like <laughs> Vassell coming off the bench to me time Guido being uh, as creative as he is right in the middle and setting up guys like Blakey, like now you got to deal with Stolman scoring goals too. So, so here's a, a pop quiz for you. Cause we sort of joked about it in the, uh, in the open, what yeah. we refer to as the tease of the podcast, the Loyal podcast. Mm. Uh, I've done this research. So in all fairness here, I, I know the answers to the quiz, Jordan, but we can, we can ask Grant this question. He's going to join us in segment number two, top of your head. Can you remember the starting 11 March 7th, 2020 first match ever regular season match? I I could not have passed this test just so we're all clear here. Starting 11. No starting 11. Do you think Grant Stoneman will be able to give us the starting 11? Here's a hint. He was in it. He was in it. I was in it. I would have had his name. Do you have the starting 11 in front of you? I do. I do. I, I looked Is it up. Irvin Parra starting up front in that match. Irvin Parra and Kudis Lual were your starting forwards in the match. Grant Stoneman, Joe Greenspan, Salzizo, your back line. I guess you had wings of, uh, or fullbacks of Elijah and Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Alvarez was in the starting lineup. Raul Mendiola. I would not have gotten that never have been able to deliver the name for here. And your goalkeeper was Jay Fenless. Yeah. All right. Like I said, I, he was in it. I wonder if he'll be able to remember the starting that's, 11 for March 7, 2020. That's really good. How many do you think he gets out of 11? What's your guess? I think that's he's going to get He plays in so many different 11s just over the course of the season. Like I, that's tough. I don't even know if he could tell you what the starting 11 was at the beginning this year. Well, could he tell us the starting 11 from Saturday? I bet you. I can. think he could do that. I bet I he could he do can. that. I but bet you he can. He's okay. A, he's a smart dude, man. All right. Let's find out. Let's find out. Grant Stoneman joins the always loyal podcast next. San Diego going ahead on the Evan Conway strike. The feed from Elijah Martin. This one sent in. And it in. San Diego. 
little deflection at the start that it was able to get to Grant Stoneman's head and he made no mistake about it, putting it in the back of the net. San Diego Community Power is a not-for-profit public agency committed to providing clean, renewable energy at competitive rates and investing in innovative programs that benefit our communities. You can visit sdcommunitypower.org to learn more about cleaner energy choices. There he is, scoring Dynamo. Back-to-back -back matches. Grant Stoneman, getting it done. Joining us on the Always Loyal podcast. What's up, Grant? How's it going? Happy to be here. Um, I don't know about the scoring or the scoring uh, dynamo, but here we are. What are you talking about? I mean, you got three on the season so far, back-to-back -back matches. Uh, that's what this is all about. This conversation tonight. Facts are facts. That is, uh, I guess I'm good at just running into the ball, putting in the goal. You know, I could do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> all right. This is totally unfair, Grant. We apologize in advance for what it is that we're about to ask you. But Jordan and I were just having this conversation. What a setup. What a prefacing piece of commentary that is before a question. You were in the original starting 11 on March 7th, 2020, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, I was. Okay. How many of the other 10 players can you name right now <clears throat> from the starting 11 yep. that, was, that was Vegas at home. Yep. Mm -hmm. First match so, in club history. Right. So let's go. Charlie Metcalf. Mm -hmm. um, was it me, Joe Sal? Correct. That was the back line. You, Joe Greenspan, yeah. Sal Zizo. Um, I want to say Q was in there as well. Cutis Lawal, very good. Yeah. Um, Mendiola. Yes, the one we just said. I a million guesses. I never would have had Mendiola. He was in the starting eleven, correct? How many is that? That's six. That's Back six, up. seven, including yourself. Okay. okay. Um, Who's in goal that night? Who Who's in goal? Who's in goal? Who's in goal? Um, was that Fennelson in goal? Uh, correct. Wow. Fennelson in goal. Mm -hmm. And then I want to say, I want to say Carlos and Irvin or no. Both, both of those are right. Carlos Alvarez, Irvin Para, correct? Yeah. There's, there's, I think we're just missing one now, right? We're just missing one more. I'll even give you a hint. He's still on the club. Elijah. Boom, baby. Wow. Boom. Okay. Grant Stoneman crushed it. Okay. I was worried for a second. I can't leave Elijah out. So <laughs> he would never let you. For, he would never no. let you hear the end of that one. No, definitely not. So we were just but. saying this, Grant. I mean, that, by the way, thank you for doing that. Like I said, yeah, I mean, that, was, of, that was really impressive. I I'm, would never doubted you for a single second. But you know, five of I of doubted the, myself. I only got six. I couldn't do it either. <laughs> I had to look it up. But you know, that's a pretty good nucleus, isn't it? Now for season number three, like like I don't know how often this happens that you see you know a group players you know five from the original starting 11 still together but I, I can't imagine that doesn't play you know some role in the success of the club this season yeah no um just having guys here year on um it's just amazing i mean you just create really good relationships and it helps just bring in new guys and um no it's just really awesome having the, these guys around um the other guys have taught me so much already and just having old guys like metcalf charlie um they're amazing. And, um, I think it's really paid off with our play style and how we've kind of adapted this year. And I think it just really 
kind of just like really easy for everyone just to mesh and we're putting out a good product right now. And I think it's kind of shows we just have a good nucleus right now. We were referencing that March 7th match against Las Vegas, very first match, <clears throat> loyal history. Yeah. Did you and Nate Miller and Tumi Moshobani ever have a moment that evening by chance? Cause you guys were all together before loyal even existed um, playing and working together on the same team was what has that been like for you guys to not just you sticking around with this club, but being able to stick around with guys that you knew even before. Yeah. And, uh, you can, you can chuck Nick into that too. Cause Nick's now here and, mm -hmm. um, no, it's just really cool. Um, it was funny. There was a photo that was taken this past week and I'm, I was had my arm around to me and it just, I just thought about some memories we had over in Lansing and, um, no, it really is cool. Just having, a relationship with the coach and just the guys on the team were um, going through struggles that we did through Lansing. It kind of just creates like a bond in general and the things that happened at Lansing. So we've kind of like been through it a little bit. And I think it's just amazing having those guys just by our side. It's my, I wouldn't trade it really for anything right now. Can you tell us about that? Like, I, I'm not exactly positive what you're referencing. What, what was that experience like with Lansing? No, it was, it, it was a league one team and it was its first year and we were expecting to have a second year. And then three months before the season ends, Nate gets told that the team's folding and he just keeps it in. He didn't tell anybody, even though he knew three months for three months or something like that. I don't know the exact story, but it's something like that. And, uh, finding out once the season's over that there's no more team, um, it was just really interesting. It was just like, we just showed up one day and we we're told that there's no team next year. So um, just having to me and Nick there going through it as well is it was just an interesting uh, experience. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of what I was just referencing then. Tell us a little bit about Nate Miller. Obviously he is uh, certainly a very unique personality. He's been a guest on the podcast as well, but you have history with him beyond San Diego. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about, uh, just being around Nate, he's a, he's a pretty unique guy, pretty intense from, from where we sit during training and during matches. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I've known Nate for a while now, actually. So he actually tried to recruit me to his college when I was in high school and it was a small school in Indiana at the time. And before he moved to spring Arbor and obviously I appreciated the, the, uh, him coming out and trying to recruit me. But I, at that time I was looking forward to to going to, on, to that route. And then another opportunity came around where he was coaching Lansing United, which at, which at the time was a, wasn't PDL. What was it? It was, um, I forget the name of the league at the time, but Lansing United, before it became PDL, I went and played for him there for summer. So I, that's where I got to know Nate as a coach. And then Lansing Ignite came around. So then that's when I got, drafted by the fire and loaned out there. Um, yeah, that's where I first got to have a, a full year with him. And he's just a really, uh, passionate guy and intelligent guy. And, um, it's nice having a long-term relationship and it's something that you, in any profession, you have to work at knowing someone for that long in a professional environment. So it's, it's been really good. And I think we kind of like feed off each other for things and it's just really good having, um, someone who's just so passionate about the game on the sideline. I was going to say that because, you know, you said, you know, we, we definitely, uh, you know, fuel off one another. I was going to ask, you know, given your experience with him, you, you know, you probably, you know, complete each other's sentences and, you, you know, that might like be all, and by the way, those would be some interesting sentences, but you know, as, as 
you know, fun as that all could be too, like, I think it's probably important, you know, for you being around Nate as, as long as you have to understand exactly what it is that he's saying and for you to, to, you know, help decipher that for, for those that are playing in the match. Right. Like, I would think that that's, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you know, I don't want to say you're a coach on the field. Cause I know that's a cliche, but, you know, being able to process what, what exactly it is that Nate and Landon are saying, and for you to be able to share that with your teammates, I would imagine is probably pretty big. Yeah. And that's where having guys around from year one really helps too, because now they've been around our coaching staff for a while now, and we can kind of all piece together what they want. We all know what we have to do in each game. We, they do such a good job, send us up for success and having those guys around and um, just feeding off each other, just knowing what we need to do. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's at the end of the day, you just got to realize that we just want to win. And if you just keep that in mind at all times, um, that really solves a lot of problems. Uh, personally, that's what I think. But um, at the end of the day, the one goal we want to do is lift the trophy. So if we all just keep that in mind, I think that kind of helps. What was the process like for you when you when you did sign for San Diego? Were you always gonna follow Nate Miller wherever he ended up? What, what was what were those conversations like? And I don't know, did you end up on, almost end up on a different team? Yeah. So Lansing Knight folded and I kind of had a dead period where uh, my agent and I were just looking for teams to go play and I had a few options and I would, for some reason I didn't really have anything set stone at the time and it was about three weeks till like people were reported for preseason and everything and I got a text uh, from Nate saying hey call me and that's where things kind of started um, before he was even announced um, I kind of came in just um not know. I, obviously I came in not with like any expectations. I was just super excited to get out here and um, had to kind of work my spot a little bit. Um, and everything's kind of panned out well, but uh, it was funny. The funny story is I actually missed Landon's first call to me. And that's one of the worst things ever. I did not want to miss a call from Landon Donovan, especially my first one. So I immediately called him right back. So that was a little funny there. <laughs> And that leave call, a voicemail. Yeah. Was that called to offer you a spot on the team or it was just, I think it was just like an initial conversation. So okay. there was nothing too big there. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't that, but um, no, I, I think he left me a voicemail. I'm not positive, but it was definitely a <laughs> look at my phone and uh, it, it, it wasn't a good feeling. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, we reference you're a goal scoring machine all of a sudden. I don't know if this is how you expected it to play out these, these last three years. Um, look, looking back at that 2020 year and kind of not knowing you just referenced a couple of weeks before camps really get going before teams are really starting to fire up. You were still a little bit uncertain on where you were going to be. So has it played out like how you kind of imagine had I told you that night or back in 2020 that you'd still be here in San Diego performing the way you are and the team is in the spot that it is. Would you be surprised? Yeah. I mean, I'm for sure surprised. I mean, I just came in here kind of put my head down and tried to get to work and um, I'm a big believer just working hard and showing up every day. And that's something I really enjoy is just training. I love showing up with the guys at training at our facility every day. We're kind of like just a family out there and it's, it's been an amazing three years. I'm so happy to be out here. Um, it's just been great. And it's nice having the success on the field because showing up on after a loss on the weekend for that week is always tough and we've just been winning so much lately every week's been a joy and i'm just looking forward to seeing what happens this year 
And speaking of, I mean, this is as uh, a good a version of Loyal as, as we've seen, obviously, uh, here in season number three. But 23 matches in, 13 to go. I wonder, you know, what's it like, Grant, just around the club in training now, especially starting to realize that, that you know, with, with a lot of season left, but not a ton, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like well past the point now, it feels like wins against San Antonio. That's, you know, it doesn't feel like just regular season. It feels like a bit of a statement. What's the mood like around it, just in terms of the opportunity, how complete a club this is, and how well you guys seem to be playing? Yeah, I mean, we definitely don't want to look too far ahead. I mean, we we enjoy the challenge each, like, next game kind of imposes. Um, we love showing up and seeing how to break down a team, and that's kind of just where our head's at. We're kind of just, like, next game forward and keep chugging along, and hopefully we keep getting some good performances the next few weeks. We already asked you about some uh, memory recall. I'm going to go down this road again, since you were very impressive the first time around. I want to talk about the goals you've scored uh, this year. Your first one was at Oakland 90th minute. Uh, What do you think of when you think of that goal? That one was a little weird because the way I hate it, it kind of like their turf is, I I don't really want to get into it right now, but um, (laughs) we can say it for you. It's not great. (laughs) Uh, So it kind of like, yeah, it hit, it hit my foot differently and it bounced off the turf and kind of spun back towards the near post. And at the time, I thought it was the game winner, so I was super excited, but obviously it was not. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was an interesting goal. I kind of just kind of reacted after Thomas's header there, and that was kind of the best, best outcome, honestly. Uh, 39th minute goal against Orange County a week ago. Yeah, I mean, I think that was what we had a few corners back to back to back and Chaz and Blake and Guido all hit a fantastic ball. And when we're in the box, we kind of just, we've been working real hard at set pieces and um, just dismarking your, the guy that's on you. And that was something we just work on so much. So I was just happy that we're keep like, keep able to produce on uh, set pieces. And I was just there at the right time. And I think if I'm not scoring Toomey's right behind me to score as well. So I think at the end of the day, I'm just happy for the team at that point. Yeah. You sent Torero absolutely bonkers Saturday night in the 72nd minute, making it mm-hmm. two nothing against San Antonio. Uh, tell us about that one. That one was again, just another corner, just right place, right time. I mean, when Guido's on the ball again, he puts in a great ball and it kind of deflected off of, um, one of their defenders before coming in. And in those moments, when you see a deflection like that, it can kind of go anywhere and you just hope you're in the right spot. And I kind of was, and I just knew I just had to put it on frame and it's probably going in and it did. And I got to work for my celebrations, but, uh, that's something, <laughs> that's something else I gotta, I gotta think about. Wait a minute. You don't work on your celebrations. Do you work on them at all? Or do you just need to do a little bit more work? I need to do a little bit more work. I think I am. I'm getting a little, uh, a little stick from the boys. So I gotta, I gotta work on it. <laughs> well, this is what happens. You know, they don't do this unless you're a scoring dynamo, as we mm-hmm. said, coming in grant. I wonder if yeah. you could just, you know, like word association here, because this is, you know, this is the, the uh, number one scoring club in USL championship. And you get to see this in training every single day. So I wonder if we could do a little word association with, with some of the guys who are, who are scoring mm-hmm. the goals. I'll just say their name and, you know, a word, a couple of words, sentence, whatever, just on, on what it's like with firsthand experience from, from training. Tell us uh, what it's like with uh, trying to, trying to mark Kyle Vassell. He's just a beast. I mean, he's, that's by the one word for it. I mean, he's kind of been everywhere. He's been around the 
clock and he just knows what he wants to do when he gets the ball and in training he's helped me so much the type of passes he wants into him and even defending him in training it's he tells me like how to defend him which is amazing it helps so much but yeah he's just he's just a beast honestly uh thomas among i gotta think of another word for that <laughs> thomas among he's he's just different like i've never seen somebody so built like him where he's so agile though he knows how to turn a guy he feels the pressure on his back and knows the type of touch so he's got finesse technique and he's just so powerful as well so he's just different uh evan conway scored his uh, bag to sixth on saturday night five game winners on the season so far he's he's a clown he's 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 awesome <laughs> i love it i love it he's he's so good i mean the way he's he's just it's so instinctive i mean he's he just puts his head down he's always doing the right thing and it's shown how hard he's worked this season i mean he came in the way he came in and then you look at him now he's just a completely different player i think he's excelled really well here and and apologies i mean we could do this uh about you know guido we could yeah, do this about, but i'll just i'll just stop on to me to me um he's just what's a good word for him he, he's he's just slick like the things he does on the ball with his left foot i i look at sometimes i'm just like wow like he's he's so smooth with it and i just love when he scores because he's so he's just so happy and it's just an amazing feeling yeah apologies to andrew and to and to guido guido knows he's he's our dad yeah. but you know we could do this we yeah do this he, all. he don't know Guido knows, Always. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guido's loved. He knows he's loved. And Grant, you're loved too. I mean, Nate Miller and family love you so much that his kids dressed up as you for Halloween one year. That's how much love there is going around this club. And I, mm -hmm. I think it's so cool. You guys have had a, a great season so far. Um, mm -hmm. I said it earlier in the podcast. I think the best is yet to come, which is a pretty exciting thought. We're very excited for you guys. And we're, we're happy that you uh, spent some time with us. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's been an an amazing year and we just want to put out for the city and we want more and more fans to come out and just create a great environment and great club here. Can I just ask Grant one quick thing on the way out? Last words. Of course. I know you're a big Detroit Lions fan. What's their record this yeah. year? Mm. I'm going to go. How many games is it, is it now? Is it 17. still 17? 17. 17. We're going, we're going an optimistic 12 and five. Optimistic twelve and five. I'm excited to watch the hard knocks with Nick here, but uh, I think they, I think they got it turned around. I'm going optimistic. I'm looking forward to it. It's the DeAndre Swift show. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing, and it looks like the coach is doing the right thing. So can't wait. Good stuff. Thank you, Grant. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Moon for Vassell. Right away the right foot. San Diego have been missing Vassell. And they become very familiar with these kind of strikes. He is so good in that tight space. And that'll do it. In this matchup with the top two teams out west, it's San Diego who comes out on top. Three goals to none here at Torero Stadium. Aaron, let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright App, the world's leading platform for personal training available on the App Store and Google Play. Well, Jordan, uh, obviously, as you know, this was a pretty impactful week 
for San Diego Loyal, not yet to the top of the table, but in terms of everything you mentioned a little bit earlier, in line to host perhaps a playoff match or two as I filibuster while my page loads. San Antonio Football Club is on top of the table in the Western Conference standings. Jordan, 50 points on 22 matches played. Loyal sitting second with 46. They have played an extra match, 23. It'll be 24 coming up on Wednesday. Colorado Springs, third with 41, followed by New Mexico. Sacramento Republic, El Paso Locomotive, and Las Vegas holding down the seventh and final playoff spot. Los Dos, Phoenix, to Jordan's point from earlier, they are playing a bit better. Not a ton of wins to show for it, but four draws in their last five matches. Oakland, RGV, Monterey Bay, who we'll see upcoming for the very first time ever on Wednesday night, they are in 12th place, 21 matches in, 26 points. And Orange County Soccer Club, bottom of the Western Conference standings, 23 points from 23 matches. Good for Orange County, by the way. You know, what a terrible story this is about Orange County. For as much stick as we all give them and talk about going up and invading their, their uh, stadium up in Irvine, how terrible was the story this week that they might be getting booted out of their own building so that an LA Galaxy MLS next team could be the main tenant in that spot? How terrible. I hated that story, man. I, I hope Orange County is able to figure that out. I think the case got removed from, from uh court docket, but I suspect it's probably not over yet. Mm. Very interesting. We'll see how that one plays out. Uh, I mentioned Phoenix playing a little bit better according to 538, which is, uh, a site and numbers that we have referenced on the podcast all year. Uh, did you know that the league also references these numbers? I noticed that over the weekend, they actually like put this out officially what five thirty eight. maybe they listen to the podcast. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Phoenix rising 39% chance to make the playoffs. That number was much lower a couple weeks ago. That 39. No mm -hmm. That number continues to climb. Uh, I don't think anyone would be surprised if Phoenix is in the postseason. San Antonio, 21% chance to win the final. San Diego's numbers have jumped up 9% chance to win the final to make the postseason greater than a 99% chance. San Diego clearly putting themselves in a great spot after that win against San Antonio. The other teams, the best teams out West, according to 538, New Mexico, Sacramento, uh, and then Colorado uh, switchbacks. So there you go. Also, I want to uh, give a shot. You mentioned 538. I want to give a, a huge... Shout to the uh, media relations team at San Diego Loyal, Ivan and and uh, Thomas. Uh, they they flooded our emails this week with all sorts of great statistics. Did you happen to take a peek at the list of additional notes offered by the club? That was it was good. It was really really good stuff. It was pretty thorough about where the scoring's coming from and how frequently the scoring's coming for San Diego Loyal. Uh, yeah, they've, they've done an amazing job. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just stuck staring at these numbers. I love how much the numbers have climbed for San Diego in these oh. last couple of weeks. I'm just totally distracted by it. Cause 538 goes into like a lot of detail on some of this stuff. So I'm just like, wow. I like it too. That, you know, you it's see some stretch. of the different accounts. Like that one, that one, that one loss is against, it's a match that you kind of just throw away to the side anyway. Yeah. So, well, you're starting to see even those that follow the league, USL tactics is, you know, talking about and, uh, you know, this is, this is new space. I mean, it's one thing I think we can talk, you know, that, that we could talk about, you know, moving forward is I, I don't ever remember anybody considering San Diego loyal to be a championship contender, right. To be a true, you know, or like, are you an actual championship contender? So, you know, 
that that sort of chatter uh, on this level is probably you know, going to increase here as we, you know, as we expect to start seeing more and more, more nights like what we saw on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, match coming up on Wednesday, which could be tonight based on when you're listening to this. This match may have already been played, uh, may have been played by the time you listen to this, but uh, plenty to go for San Diego. Monterey Bay Wednesday, and then they hit the road against Birmingham coming up this weekend. So they'll just try to continue the good run. Birmingham, a place uh, again, where think about, think about how much we still have to experience with this league, San Antonio and San Diego for the first time ever Monterey. Now they're an expansion club first time ever. And then at Birmingham, never, never been there before. So, you know, three matches in the span of seven days and three mostly unique opportunities for supporters and for players and coaches and everybody involved. Mm -hmm. All right, Darren, good stuff this week. Uh, Our thanks to Grant Stoneman for joining the always loyal podcast. Always a pleasure to chat it up with someone who's been with the club from the very beginning and even going further back with Nate Miller. uh, Something that we chatted about a little bit earlier with Grant Stoneman. Um, So our thanks to him and we'll chat with you very soon. We'll see you at Torero later this week. I'll see you at Torero. Baja Bound driving to Mexico. Visit BajaBound.com for the easiest way to get Mexican auto insurance for your trip. Their easy-to-use website allows you to buy your Mexico insurance in minutes from your computer or any mobile device. BajaBound.com, serving Mexico travelers since 1994.